I had uh, permission from NIU to use this material to, to build an app and was curious if I could actually make it happen. Um, but I wanted to make it more accessible and know that uh, many people are accessing information on their phones. And so an app is really the, the way to go about uh, making that uh, more accessible. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Gregory Green of the Cornell Library talks about his Android app, Study Lao, and the inspiration behind its creation. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Ever wonder what it takes to develop a language app? Well, you're in luck. Today, we are speaking with Gregory Green, curator of the John M. Eccles Collection on Southeast Asia at the Cornell University Library. Greg just so happened to develop an app called Study Lao, and we will hear all about it. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Greg. Thank you. Glad to be here. Before we talk more about this app, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do at Cornell, what your background is, and your language experiences? Sure, yeah. I, uh, as you introduced me, I uh, am the curator of the John M. Nichols Collection on Southeast Asia. And specifically within the collection, I mainly handle uh, material from the mainland of Southeast Asia. So. Mm -hmm. Um, countries such as Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, uh, Myanmar, um, that area of the world. And uh, so I am a, a collection development reference librarian, uh, work with building the collection and also with helping people to access the uh, material within the collection. Mm -hmm. What languages do you speak? I speak uh, Lao best of all of the all the languages uh lao is my my best second language mm -hmm. um also thai and khmer um so very comfortable with lao um, thai i'm comfortable reading uh not as comfortable speaking and mainly that's because of its very close relationship with lao and so i uh, i really have to work on my accent when i speak thai and make sure that i don't get uh the words mix up that are um, you know, sometimes um, have slightly different meanings between the two different languages. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I take a little more time thinking about what I'm saying in, in Thai, whereas I, I, I don't have to in Lao. Sure. Uh, and then Khmer is, uh, I've studied that less than, than the others, uh, but uh, it's still, I, I can do all right, especially if I'm in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. well, how did your interest in Lao come about? Uh, it was uh, quite uh, nothing intentional on, on my part. Uh, I volunteered when I was 19, so almost 30 years ago now, to uh, serve as a missionary uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and was assigned to serve in the San Francisco Bay Area and specifically with the Lao community that had recently uh, immigrated to that area. And so I had a couple of months training 
uh, in Utah, uh, Provo, Utah, at the Missionary Training Center there, uh, in the language and in just generally how to be a missionary. And then uh, spent the rest of uh, two years uh, there in San Francisco um, just learning uh, the language and speaking with people day to day. And so got got very comfortable um, speaking with people um, in that uh, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Do you still use Lao right now on a regular basis? I do. Uh, when I finished uh, my missionary uh, time, I went uh, back to school. This was between uh, so I went my freshman year at Brigham Young University, then two years as a missionary, and then mm-hmm. came back to school. Uh, when I uh, got back to school, I had Lao friends there and eventually married one of those friends. Uh, so, uh, yes, my wife of uh, now 24 years has uh, is from Laos originally. She grew up, um, well, she moved to uh, California when she was 10 mm. and uh, grew up there, um, but still speaks and, and reads uh, the language. So we use it uh, at home. Um, between us, and then also uh, I use it uh, professionally at work uh, when I travel to Laos and, and need to uh, work with materials from the from the country. So, Greg, tell us more about this app that you developed. How does one even think about developing an app? How do you go about it? What does it entail? What are the steps? Yeah, so um, the app was mainly... Uh, built out of a, really a curiosity on my part. Uh, I had access to the material on the sea uh, site, uh, the Southeast Asia Language and Culture site at Northern Illinois University, where I had worked before I before coming to uh, Cornell. And so I had uh, permission from NIU to use this material to... Uh, to build an app and was curious if I could actually make it happen. Um, so uh, the most of the material on Seasite at the time had not been updated for, for quite some time. Um, since then, they've updated a lot of it. Um, but I wanted to make it more accessible and know that uh, many people are accessing information on their phones. And sure. so an app is really the, the way to go about uh, making that uh, more accessible by phone. And so I had no idea how to make an app. And <laughs> so the first thing was the, a Google search. <laughs> and it just happens that I, I have Android phones. And um, so that's what I started to look at first was how do I develop an app for Android uh, simply because of my own convenience and, and preference there. Um, and so that got me to the um, Android Studio uh, development platform, uh, which is what uh, Google has produced to uh, uh, to develop apps for Android. Um, and so I spent a number of months just playing around with Android Studio, trying to figure out how to make a basic app. Uh, my first attempt failed miserably, and so I gave it up for a month or two, and then came back and uh, finally figured out how to do it. Uh, a lot of instructions are available on YouTube, mm-hmm. on different uh, websites. So it was really a matter of just uh, doing a lot of research and, and just using 
all of the information that's available out there. Uh, tutorials just are everywhere. What does the app entail? Um, I It's vocabulary, training, what other materials are on there, audio bits? Yes, yeah, so it's a, roughly the equivalent of a first-year language course. Okay. Um, so it gives introduction to... Uh, the language to the grammatical structure to um, basic vocabulary that someone would learn in a, in a, at a first year level. And then it has a, a series of conversations, um, lessons, you, you can call them. So there's, uh, I believe, 30 lessons on there that have the written and recorded uh, audio of, uh, of native speakers who uh, had been uh, a part of the C-Site, the original website mm -hmm. for the law language, um, the law language part of C-Site at NIU. And so um, it's, yeah, it has that. I, I did uh, update some of the material and added a little bit of my own uh, in there for explanation. Uh, but mainly it comes from the material that's available on the C-Site. And so you mentioned um, that you developed it for Android since that's what you're most familiar with. Do you have any plans to port it over to Apple devices or uh, is that best left to other interested parties? What are you thinking? <laughs> I definitely did have plans. And I, I noted that um, uh, in a number of places that I was planning on, on, on making uh, an app that could be uh, used for uh, iPhone. But... Um, that has not happened. And so I, I looked at um, ways to port the port what I had done for Android over to app or to Apple. And uh, it just um, was going to be a little more complicated mm -hmm. than I had time to deal with. Plus, I've had a little bit more um, responsibilities at it at work that have, that have taken a lot of my time. Sure. And so um, it's it just never happened. I would love to see it happen. And if anybody wanted to help develop the the iPhone uh, app, then I would be happy to work with them. It's just that I, I don't know that I have the capacity to, to sure. do that now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Speaking of language listeners, if anybody is interested in helping with this project, do let us know. Yeah. On that note, um, did you have any plans also to add any more content or additional levels? Level one Laos is where I'm sticking with now. I, I did want to add more uh, reading material on there for people to, to have a little bit more supplementary uh, information to go through and just have not had the time to continue developing. Um, that's, I think, common for these types of projects mm -hmm. where you get interested in something and you, you put a lot of good effort into it and then it just doesn't happen beyond the initial, okay, I completed step one and then uh -huh. there it is. Yeah, yep. well, we also again, need to figure out how to um, stop time, right? <laughs> or clone ourselves so we can take care of all the projects that we all have lined up here. Exactly. And, and interesting, while I was uh, developing the app, the, the reason why I had a little bit of extra time is because we had adopted a puppy. Mm -hmm. ah. Strange as that sounds, this puppy attached herself to me and decided that every day I should wake up and begin work at four in the morning. Oh, my. <laughs> and so she would uh, just bother me until I woke up, and I found myself with several hours in the morning with absolutely no interruptions, and so I could work on the app every morning uh, for months at a time, uh, just uh, 
without any sort of interruption, and she would sleep at my feet once she had me awake. So nice. Get a puppy if you want to build an app. It, it might help. <laughs> Perfect. So that is that is amazing advice for anybody who is interested in in building an app or developing um, online materials like that. Do you have any other pieces of advice or suggestions for our listeners who are interested in diving into the developer realm? One thing that I would have done different is look at uh, many more of the existing apps for other languages. And to really play with those a lot more to see what uh, what was possible. I say that that's one thing I would have done. It probably would have stopped me cold, and I wouldn't. I would have realized that I could never develop an app on my own with all of the bells and whistles that come in many of the uh, the bigger language apps. Um, and so I say, yeah, look at what's available and out there. But also sometimes it's good to just jump in and say, I want to develop develop something basic to give. Someone started on Lao, but I can't really add a lot of, of the wonderful bells and whistles that are out there uh, in other apps. Um, but it is a basic, it, it has the information you need to, to get started. Uh, but it, it isn't an, an incredibly exciting app, but it is there and, and available for you. Well, and this is one of these um, languages where there aren't many materials out there. So I think it's it's wonderful that you actually took the time to work on this and, and make this publicly available. Um, the materials that this is based on at Northern Illinois University, are those materials still available on their website as well? Yes, they're still available on their website. Uh, they do have a, a few more supplemental materials available there. So uh, it was definitely worth going and looking at, uh, at what they have there. It's the C-Site, S-E-A-S-I-T-E at N-I-U dot uh, E-D-U. Um, so it's, it's definitely something to uh, look at uh, for mm -hmm. more, uh, more material on the language. And they have a lot of cultural material up there as well that the mm -hmm. app does not include. Great. And then anybody who does have an Android device, we invite you to go to Google Play and look for Study Lao. And then everybody with an Apple device, please let us know if you want to port that material over. So before we sign off, we'd like to ask you to share your favorite word in a language you speak, love, or are learning. What is that favorite word of yours? My favorite word is nguak. <laughs> Say that again. This is a Lao word for a um, sort of a, a river monster, not really a river monster, but a, a large snake that um, lives in the rivers. Um, not a, you won't, not a name for a real snake, but it is uh, um, my favorite word because um, it's something that indicated to me that I had finally gotten it. Um, if I could say that word, then I, then I suddenly, you know, I finally got Lao because it incorporates a lot of uh, what is difficult uh, for an English speaker to, to speak Lao. So it's got the starting NG uh, consonant, so ngu, ma, and then it has the ua vowel, which is difficult for us. And then it ends, it has, a, it has the high falling tone, uh, ngu, And, uh, and then the hard stop, uh, vowel stop at the end. So it's really, uh, once I figured out how to say that one, then I, I realized that maybe I can actually 
learn this language. And since then, I've never forgotten kind of that yeah. moment. That's wonderful. Great. Well, thanks so much for speaking of language with us today, Greg. All right. Thank you for inviting me. Next week, we have a Thanksgiving special in store for you. Be sure to tune in and reflect on all the things to be grateful for. Until then. Auf Wiederhören. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.